Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Good afternoon and welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown and we have a studio full of very talented young women. We're delighted to present to you on this Memorial Day weekend. And of course, the other uh, usual gruesome suspects are here as well to talk about computers and to answer your questions during the second hour of our program. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be introducing you to some very smart young ladies who are winners of some scholarships. Good afternoon and welcome to the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown here in studio. And Gary Baker. Hey, this is Ed Riddell. And this is Cal Carson. Welcome. What did I tell you? The usual group of suspects are in studio with us here, plus a whole lot of other people that we're going to be introducing to you come up uh, in, in just a little bit in our program. Uh, but Gary, I know we're awfully proud to have these young ladies here from uh, who are the uh, scholarship winners from the Michigan uh, Council of Women and Technology. That's right. You know, we... Uh, we have many, many times over many years promoted the Women in Technology mm-hmm. and the Michigan Council of Women in Technology um, have been giving out these scholarships for a number of years now. And we seem to always somehow find an opportunity <laughs> uh, to recognize uh, those good uh, you know what it is? It's two proud papas who have very talented ah. daughters and, grand, in my case, their granddaughters as well. Yep. And we're very happy to promote this. Uh, before we get there, guys, though, uh, Ed and Cal, a big week. Now, by the way, I hear that on the webpage, my, uh, the image that I put up there <laughs> on the webpage about the Apple problem last week garnered some comments, Gary. A little bit, yes. It was a great <laughs> image. If you haven't seen it, go to internetadvisor.net. Yeah. And uh, the poison apple, the witch with the poison <laughs> apple there. From it's Sleeping Beauty. That, yes, that's right. It's not that bad. But you know, you just uh, can't leave you guys alone for well, a Cal, week. You I, here. Cal, you I was away for a week, apple. and they just go hog wild. You I mean, weren't here to defend Apple. All right, no. Actually, I, as I said last week, I was really proud of Apple for saying, you know what? We are having some problems. Um, please don't download any more until we can fix it. And, and I was proud of them for saying that. Sometimes they don't. And no. this time they did. You were saying... I wasn't going to say anything. I'm, I'm not touching You're that stay out of this. Nope. <laughs> Cal, has it been fixed? The problem was that when they um, they did the upgrade to uh, iOS 9.3.1, there no, was... No, when they went to 9.3.1, it created a problem, right. and then they had to put out 9.3.2 to fix it. Okay. And the problems were with all... I, as I told Gary last week, I was at that time, and still am, using uh, 9. 
uh, 3.1 on my uh, iPhone with no problems. Well, but the, it was uncertain. Wasn't it was certain? Well, the biggest problem I saw was on the ni- uh, was on the iPhone 6. And what it was was that when uh, if you were in a, a, a piece of mail and it had a, a link to a website, if you touched it, you're supposed to open up Safari and take you to that website. In some cases, you'd touch it and it wouldn't open up Safari and take you to that website. But if you update it to 9.3.2... It fixed it. Okay, that's what and it ha- pretty much has been fixed. Yep. Uh, as far as I know, anybody okay. who's applied the updates, oh, it's, a, it's a mi- so it's a minor thing, right? It was just oh, it was yeah. an inconvenience. Well, it was oh, a but the more image was it so only good. bricked a few types of phones. <laughs> oh, well, actually, I didn't hear any bricking. bricking. Well, yeah. see, I, I didn't there hear anything about reports. bricking. Yeah, there was, there some, was some, but it, you know, again, because there are lots of different configurations out there. It's oh, that's not true. Everyone, it's yeah. not everyone. And matter of fact, I don't even think it was bricking phones. What was bricking was the iPad Pro. Pro, yeah, right, yeah. We hear about that. Yeah. In any case, it's it has happened with other uh, operating systems as well. So yeah, like they alone. always say, you know, Mac is not perfect unless you put it next to a Windows. <laughs> it just looks that way next to a Windows. Well, you know, and 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 to be fair, you know, the Samsung also released uh, an update a week and a half ago for their Android S fours and S fives and S sixes, mm-hmm. and it it uh, you know it it crippled a lot of people's emails, mm-hmm. at least in the corporate environment. We at work we were running yeah. across that, yep. and yeah. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Well, so. So a lot of people have automatic updates enabled, and I disable automatic updates. I'm like Gary. I do not like early adopters. And I used to be early adopter. Give me your beta. Uh, no, I don't want to be the guinea pig that, that I'm no longer productive anymore. You're more of a leading edge rather than a bleeding edge. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm still on the bleeding edge. But but in this case, it, it, it didn't hurt me. In this case, it didn't hurt me. But, Cal, one of the things that came out of this, this is a couple of weeks ago you were talking about this, and I think you just mentioned it, Ed, is it don't jump on an update when it's coming. Well, you the know, the very first thing it has, unless you know, it's a security update, well, or or yeah, unless no, it's published that this will fix a bug that you're experiencing, right. or if you happen to be lucky like me and have two Apple phones, then you do one of them and say, "Okay, this one looks okay. I can do the other one now." Because <laughs> that's the way I normally would do it, you know, or just apply it on one device at a time. Right. Watch what happens. If a day or so goes by and everything seems to be comfortable, then you can go ahead and apply it on the other ones. Oh, jeez. Did you guys see, well, let's, let's change operating systems to pick on, or maybe let's pick on the government. Did you see the headline that came out that the U.S. government agencies are still using Windows 3.1? Mm-hmm. In some of their systems and are still using floppy disks. Yes, I did. I read that, and but you have to realize for the, the, the nuclear football that they're carrying around, that's a backup in case the primary uh, activation doesn't work. They use floppy disk to reload. Okay? It's still scary. <laughs> this, from the article, it says a report from Where the, did they get the floppy disk? I didn't even know they're still know, making the, them. They only have a five-year lifetime. I don't know. About two weeks ago, I was doing a garage sale. Three guys pulled up in a black Suburban with dark glasses, <laughs> bought all my old floppies, and disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, it's an interesting title, shed light on how, the big, how big the problem was. In their report, they said the federal government spent $80 billion on IT systems in 2015, but $61 billion was spent on operations and maintenance, the rest on development and enhancement, such as purchasing new systems or expanding existing ones. So a majority of the money seems to be being spent on trying to hold together these old pieces in there. Well, so but, my but job is secure then. I, I, yeah. I have a place to go. <laughs> but that's like, like, that's like every other mature company, yeah. right? You're always spending 75 to 80% of your budget 
trying to sustain and maintain. Uh, and and that's the problem. I, I remember at a couple of t- companies I was at where we set a target and said, we've got to spend 25% on new technologies and new development. And one of them was at GM. We were constantly trying to bring up new systems to replace some of the old ones rather than just continue to maintain yeah. and sustain the other ones. So. But it's kind of scary but to see. Windows the, 3. And the federal government's no different. Now, <laughs> we could spend a lot more. We could give them a lot more tax money. <laughs> no, would. thank you. I think they got enough mine already. Coming back in just a moment to meet some prize winners. Well, Gary, we've kind of cleared the decks here so that we can introduce some young ladies uh, who are very special visitors to our program today. That's right. They're the best of the best. They're the scholarship award winners. And we have a lady who is the chair of that scholarship committee for the Michigan Council of Women in Technology, and that's Rajni Sinha, who is with us. Rajni, thank you so much for joining us. The the person I was introducing was uh, Rajni Sinha who is the scholarship chairperson from the Michigan Council of Women in Technology. She's also the uh, business relationship manager for IT at Fiat Chrysler. And uh, thank you very much. We finally got you, I think, on a microphone. It's working. Yes, I hope so. There we are, <laughs> your introduction to radio. <laughs> glad to have you here. I am so glad to be here. I'm delighted to have you with us. Now, this just took place, the scholarship awards just took place a couple nights ago. Yes, it was on May 25th. And it was a, a great evening where we had uh, many of the volunteers who helped select some of these amazing girls. And then we had a lot of winners. We had a lot of past winners. And then also some winners who we have supported throughout their college career and who are actually graduating Oh, that is nice to have them come back. Yes. To share. An amazing evening. Now, let's just, as a little bit of background, Rajni, how do people, how do these young women uh, qualify for these scholarships and, and get involved in the competition? Uh, yes, yeah, so there are various levels of scholarships we have. We have some monetary ones, and we also have some laptop awards. Uh, winners are uh, selected from all the way from high school graduates to undergraduates, mm-hmm. all the way even people who are uh, doing higher studies, mm-hmm. uh, like graduates. Um, and the way they apply is they have uh, recommendation letters, they send their transcripts, they send essays about them. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bunch of amazing volunteers from uh, many of the IT industry here in Michigan. So what we try to do is uh, we uh, review all their, uh, uh, we, we try and get a whole perspective of who they are. Right. It's real well, it's, from what I've seen, very well-rounded. Very well-rounded. They ha- they are great volunteers in their own community. Mm-hmm. These uh, women, ladies are so young and then you can, you just bowled over by all they do uh, apart from having such good grades. So they give back to the community. Um, and so we select from there and then we also try and interview each of them. We have at least three or four volunteers who get together and we interview them oh, on the I phone. Okay. And then we have discussions afterwards and then from that we make our selection. Wow. So as you can know, it's a long process. It is a long process. And so well worth it. And it certainly is. And we have three young ladies in studio with us. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them as they are seated to your right? Yes, the first one is Ariel Magyar. Yeah. Uh, and she is going, to, uh, she's currently in Grand Valley. And you want to talk a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently at Grand Valley in college. Um, I just finished up my second year. I'm majoring in computer engineering, and I really enjoy it. You know, one of the things that struck me as interesting about you, I got a little, to read a little bit of your bio, is how much you like helping people. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. That's a big involved. part of your life, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, I like getting involved in things, and it's just awesome to have something to do. That's excellent, excellent, excellent. Glad to hear that. And our next person is... Ria Singh. Ria, where are you going to school right now, or where have you just graduated uh, from? I just graduated this week from Northville High School, um, but I'm going to Michigan this fall to study computer science. Very good. So you're going to Michigan. We've got Grand Valley, and we've got Michigan. Excellent. And then we have another person here with us, and that is Lena Jabara. Hi, Lena. How are you doing? You have just graduated. I think you said to me, yesterday I graduated. (laughs) Was it? school, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why the big grin. (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple of uh, grandsons who have just graduated from high school as well, and you can't... It's kind of like a permanent press grin that they've got right now. (laughs) So... Lena, where are you going to be going? I'm going to be attending MSU. MSU. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Wolverines, yep. we've got the Spartans, and... <laughs> Lakers. Know. Lakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, from <laughs> Grand Valley. Okay, Ed, Ed uh, should know that. His uh, Both of his kids went to Grand Valley State University. Okay, and uh, Lena, what will you be studying when you go there? Computer science. Computer science. Okay, now let's work backwards just quickly, kind of. You, What was the scholarship that you won? The laptop scholarship. The laptop scholarship. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What I mean, you got a nice laptop on it, but I bet. Okay. But what does that mean in terms of um, the kind of skills that you've had and how they've been recognized? Um, well, MCWT specifically, it's a great organization. I um, participated in the web development contest that they had uh, yes. earlier in the year. Um, so it's nice to know that there's an organization composed of women going to the same thing that I'm going into mm-hmm. that are supporting me and helping me complete my goals. That's excellent. Now, when you go to Michigan State, okay, when you go to Michigan State, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're planning on focusing your interests on what as you go through there? Um, learning programming and learning more about technology and how I can apply that. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, since you were in the web development area, software development? Yes. Very much so, okay. And then, Aria, uh, what kind of areas are you interested in? Um, I haven't really decided yet. Okay. Um, I'm pretty open to anything that computer science could relate to, which is like everything. Good for you, because yeah. it, who knows what computer yeah. science is going to be in four years. I mean, I bet you have seen that, um, Ariel, in terms of just in the time that you've been at Grand Valley, you've seen things change, haven't you? Yeah. In terms of really, what's there. Yeah, it's really different. Like I hear from lots of my professors and the people that I work with. How, you know, this is different from when I learned. And I'm sure, you know, in a couple of years, it's different for everyone coming in. They're always developing new ways to teach and new stuff to focus on just as technology develops. Well, you know, Lena, um, my son is going to Michigan State in the fall and he's going into computer science and he's emphasizing um, cybersecurity. He thinks that there are bad guys out there trying to <laughs> break in our systems. What do you think? Could that possibly uh, be something that you would find it like? Or do you really think that programming is uh, something that really interests you? Um, well, I do find that stuff interesting as well. But, yeah, I think I'm going to stick to programming. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, you know, it is interesting because we don't know what the field is going to look like, Gary. You know, in the, in the almost 20 years that you and I have been doing this show, I think how things have changed. Well, we were talking about how to get people on um, when they listen to modem initialization strings, modem init strings <laughs> with modems and, you know, yeah. very slow modems at that time. And now we don't even think about connectivity anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's about so many other things. And back then there were a couple programming languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's probably 
15, 10 of which wow. probably Lena's gonna de- <laughs> is gonna have to choose maybe only six or seven that she'll have to yeah. learn out of those. <laughs> I started my IT career 23 years ago oh, wow. uh, in India. And uh, at that time, my parents were really concerned about which field was I going to because it was not that popular in India 23 years ago. I can't. I have a hard time believing that, yes. considering the leadership that India has taken in this. Yes, but 23 years ago, I mean, we hardly touched a computer. Wow! So um, it's we've come a long way, and uh, I tell these amazing girls all the time: IT is a field that enables you to be, um, you know, to try out in so many different areas. You can be in IT and you can be in engineering. You can be in IT, you can be in finance, you can be in manufacturing. So it it gives you the flexibility to take technology into so many different diverse areas. So um, and and plus. The whole advantage of getting uh, up there, you know, there's so much demand, there's so few women, and then the salary and all is unbeatable. Mm. So why not? Is sure. it getting is it getting there really? Because I saw some some comments that it, it's still not the, you know, it's not the same pay for the same work yet. Well, I don't know. Uh, in IT, it's pretty darn in close. IT, is it? Is well, it? Okay. in some cases, the women are making more than the men are um, in program management, anywhere where there's like a lot of detail and to help organize people and teams and whatnot, do a great job. And it is it is pretty amazing. So a lot of times you don't really have to um, be... Um, be sitting in front of a screen most of the day. Most mm. of the day, you're doing requirements gathering and something else, depending on exactly what kind of uh, per- position you have. So, we'll be back in just a moment to continue talking with these very smart young ladies. We are very, very fortunate to have a studio full of very talented young women here who are prize winners in the scholarship competition held by the Michigan Council of Women and Technology. And representing that scholarship is Rajni Sinha, who is the uh, business relationship manager for IT for Fiat Chrysler. Like many other professional women in the Michigan Council of Women and Technology, you are, you've been in the field, as you've said before, but for 23 some odd years? Yes, 23 years. 1993 oh. was when I started. Wow. I'm, I'm just a, a curious, this is a little rabbit trail, pardon me for taking it, but you mentioned, and I found this interesting, because it is so different from what's on now, is that uh, computers were not that, in, what, uh, what, in vogue in India at the time that you began, or? it They were expensive, uh. and... Um, I was fortunate enough to get into a company uh, which had one of the only mainframes there. It was the biggest, largest iron and steel manufacturing company. So they had a mainframe and my first assignment was COBOL programming (laughs) and I learned from scratch. But that was actually the the only time when I actually had access to a computer all by myself. Um, And so it was interesting. It's an interesting journey. I graduated from being doing programming uh, to, you know, working with business. So am I right in in saying that in many ways, India has produced a tremendous crop of very, very capable uh, IT people. Why the change then? Why the big shift? Uh, because I guess uh, a lot of the young generation is realizing that, you know, engineering and science and math gets them out from some of the difficult op- you know, situations that they might be uh. in. It gets them out of poverty. It helps them grow. Um, so this is a, a ticket to a bright mm-hmm. future in mm. a way. So they they have started realizing it, and they are realizing that if they have a non-technical degree, 
their opportunities are very limited mm-hmm. whereas if they have a technical de- so this realization has really caught on and therefore this big sw- switch that's you know i i bet that would be um a ticket out of um, poverty for a lot of people that oh, are wow. in our inner cities today certainly yep. here in detroit and in, in the suburbs um but uh, i i would love to see us figure out a way um, and especially some of the young ladies that are here figure out a way to bring some of their classmates along into the technology fields it seems like just an an obvious uh, place for them to be and yet we still struggle getting especially women into yes. technology fields, and that's right? why uh, MCWT mm-hmm. focuses just on that point that you just brought up uh, we see that you know Michigan we lack we lack technology graduates to begin with and then if you look at the women's uh, there is some fear among young girl about doing math and science and that's the aim of MCWT mm. is how do we encourage them when they are in the 5th grade like Ria's sister here mm-hmm. how do we catch them how do we keep them engaged we give free camps uh, we give sco- uh, a lot of website contest and we you know we make it fun for them and the, we enable them to talk to other mm-hmm. people of their age and to see that, that they can do a lot of fun things with then them. let me ask the two high school graduates just recently Ria and Lena um, so what kept you involved what what kept you or got you involved in this particular field of that's so intensively in math and I mean is that you have many other classmates, the other girlfriends who are in that? Um, in middle school, I actually had an all-girls robotics team. Oh. And um, MCWT, actually, MCWT um, sponsored us and allowed us to buy the robotics kits. And oh. so we made it to the um, world competition and we placed third there. Oh, so I think that was just a really great experience. Yeah. And it showed like yeah. it's possible to do that sort of thing for a career. And um, I think... A couple of the other girls on the team are also still going into engineering, just mm. like I am. How about you, Lena? Um, well, actually, my start was also because of MCWT. Um, I stumbled upon the web development contest a couple of years ago, but I was too late to enter at that time. But I was looking at everything that the girls had created, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really cool that they were able to make that kind of stuff from scratch. So I ended up going online and using different resources to try to teach myself stuff. And along the way, I've kind of developed... A passion for it. It's a really fun thing to do, and I think more girls would be interested in it if they had their start. Oh, uh, if they had their start. That is the key, isn't it? Yeah. Is getting that, that first foothold, that first positive experience, and you built on that, Rhea, with yeah. your experience with the with the team. Gary, did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I was just saying it's such a creative experience, too, because you can actually create something, and it, it matters when you're done, and that's something that I think a lot of people, when they're first experiencing programming and building a, an application for mm. the first time. Yeah. Ariel, how was it for you? Now, you are the elder statesperson here. <laughs> You're just out of your second year of uh, Grand Valley State University. But um, what was it like for you coming forward and you know, getting involved in IT or, uh, and in this particular area of computers? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's a little bit different when you go into college. Because during high school, you know, there are lots of girls mixed into the math classes because it's required to a certain extent. Uh-huh. But I found that going into college, I definitely see less girls as my classmates. I was actually the only girl in my stats class this year, which was kind of weird. It mm. had like about 30 people, so it wasn't a huge lecture or anything. But yeah, it's definitely different. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just going somewhere else or choosing a different major. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. <laughs> so you're finding yourself, in fact, as enthusiastic as these two young people are coming out of high school, you're finding yourself kind of isolated as a, a woman who is pursuing a career in IT? Yeah, I mean, you know, even though there are guys in the class, you sure. know, I still talk to them and stuff. Oh, good. But <laughs> yeah, they talk <laughs> they to me. They need help. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but, they better. It, you know, it'd be nice to have more girls in there get you know some different perspectives i wonder i wonder if that's why um we're starting to see women um really at a at a parity pay scale in and in some cases like we said before sometimes ahead of some of the men in technology simply because there's so few of them yeah i think i see a lot of companies saying you know we want to hire women but it's just you know once you get to the college level there aren't as many joining because they're already committed to a different major hmm. or you know whatever choice they make. so let's see if you want to get a good job and you want to get paid more than men you go in <laughs> it hmm. that's hmm. A, that's a tagline yes i think we're i think we stumbled onto something here we won't tell anybody else ariel <laughs> no we do want to have and and that is the challenge isn't it uh Roji? to get uh young women as they get into college then to stick with that. that That's an excellent point, Gary. What we are struggling with uh, in the organization is uh, we encourage many young girls, but when they get into college, they get other influences. And it's it's the friends and it's the you know weekend party that pe- that they may have to sacrifice a little bit, and we try uh, that you know then they they start some people brainwashing them to say you know really you can take this easy subject and get away with it, uh. and then we found a couple of our scholarship winners who actually dropped out, and so we had to retrieve the scholarship which we really you know regretted. Wow. We discussed it a lot, but we couldn't. Uh, get them to change their mind. So we like to, what we do now is uh, these scholarship winners, we mentor or we pair them with a mentor from the industry who's a woman like Mm. myself. I've been mentoring somebody from Michigan State. And our aim is to keep regular touch with them and see them through the four years of their uh, college career with the purpose of making sure that they get internship opportunities, they keep engaged, they keep the excitement alive, and then they come out successful. We don't want to see people drop off. It's kind of what Lena, like what you were saying ahead of time, is when you find, Aria, when you find that positive experience, that win, that exciting kind of thing, it helps you to hang on for it. And Ariel, I imagine that's part of the challenge for you. It sounds like it's kind of a lonely game for you. Yeah, well, especially with the engineering program there, it's a lot of work. Like, you know, it's a great field to go into, but you you have to put a lot into it. So, I don't know, maybe that just deters people away from it. That could very well be. Now, do you have a mentor yet? Um, maybe. I've heard I was going to be assigned one, but I'm not sure who exactly it is. Yes, so because we just had the uh, award uh, ceremony, what we would do is we would circulate their... uh, the resumes around to all the, oh, I got you. Okay. the committee members and then each one we would pick one and we try to pair them with somebody who lives close to somebody or somebody you know, who has an alumni to a college just so we can pair them effectively. What a neat thing for you ladies to have happen to you that right off the bat as you're going into college or now you're in college you were going to have some people on your side I mean really on your side and that that is an exciting thing to hear well and you know it seems to me that while it might be a little more work in some classes rather than take you know underwater basket weaving and uh, <laughs> some other majors I don't even know if they have a major like that but anyway um, it might be a little more work in the classroom but when you get out 
um, the work is so much more gratifying, isn't it? And um, th- what you um, also find is you don't have to work so hard to get a job. The jobs yeah. become much easier, and you get moving up faster too. Mm. So I think I think if uh, if I could encourage women today, y- girls um, at the junior high level, and then young ladies as they move into the college. I, what a what a career choice. You know, and what I want to do, but we're going to be taking a break shortly, is I'm going to talk with you young ladies about how do you promote this? How do you promote this to the, to the girls that you're leaving behind in high school now or to the other young women who are involved in college? Maybe we can talk about that. But uh, just to, kind of quickly, Rhea Singh is with us. She is uh, from Northville High School, yeah. Rhea. Mm-hmm. And you won the $20,000 scholarship. That's over four years. Yeah. That's really wonderful. And then Ariel, you, Ariel Magyar is with us. She is an undergrad scholarship of $15,000 over three years. Think that'll help? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll help, too. (laughs) Mom says, yeah, it'll help. (laughs) And then the other one, uh, Lena, which, and you won the the laptop. Yeah. Okay. And that is what's going to help you keep on coding. (laughs) I think she said uh, she has a second hand or something. Yeah, I have my mom's old laptop. Uh Oh, oh. the only reason that it's her old laptop is because she got rid of it because she thought it was broken. So <laughs> She thought it was broken? Yeah, um, it was broken. But then I was like, you guys are going to throw that away. Let me play with it for a little bit. And uh. I forgot a way to get it working again. But it's still not in the best hand. Um, so. so you got something cool coming now. Yeah. I got to hear about what that thing is. We're going to find out what that laptop was that you got because it sounds like it was a pretty good one that you got. We'll be back in just a minute to talk about uh, promoting to the next generation of upcoming women in IT. During the uh, last hour with uh, Dean Kra- Dr. Dean Krauskopf and the uh, gardening program here on WJR, Dean took a moment to mention the fact that this is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we do spend that time remembering those who served our country and, in many cases, gave their lives. And Mike Brennan, who is normally with us with MI Tech News, is not with us today uh, to share his headlines because he is celebrating Memorial Day in a very special way. He is on um, in Normandy, France, where D-Day took place, and he is there with his daughter. They've been uh, visiting uh, some of the sites around Paris and now are uh, visiting well, Normandy as well. Well, and his daughter is living in Paris right now. Oh, I didn't know that she lived there. Yeah, she oh. actually, when there was the... Uh, the, the bombings. Oh, that's she, right. I uh, actually heard the bombings, Ooh. and uh, the police came through and, and herded her and a number of other people into a building where they stayed for a day and a half. Oh, my right? goodness. When it was in lockdown. So there's no lockdown over there today. There's no, no, nothing not. but memorial services, but that that's wonderful. Although we tried to encourage him uh, to, <laughs> to, you know, do a remote because early, early on, um, my daughter Lauren and I did a remote from the Louvre That's in right. Paris, from the director's office I of the remember. Louvre. And, uh, <laughs> I do remember. So we that. we did all uh, a whole uh, segment on uh, virtual art compared to real art. Oh well, and, unfortunately we had we can't have Mike with us this week, and uh, he will be back. However, I believe it's going to be next week uh, with his MI Tech News headlines. If you'd like to subscribe to that, by the way, simply go to mitechnews.com and put in your email address. It's absolutely free, or go to our homepage, Internet Ed. Advisor.net, and then scroll down the page there, and you'll see Mike's smiling face, and you can subscribe there. Uh, we are delighted to have in studio with us Rosny Sinka, who is the chairperson of the 
Scholarship Committee for the Michigan Council of Women in Technology. She is also the Business Relationship Manager for IT at Fiat Chrysler Motors. And uh, Rosny, you have in studio with us three very smart young ladies who have received scholarship awards. And let me just quickly introduce them. Ariel Magyar, you have an undergrad scholarship that you are so you're going to be using at uh, Great uh, pardon me. Grand Valley. Grand Valley. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> State University. And then next to you is Rhea Singe. And Rhea, you are going to be uh, going to U of M. Yes. I got the Wolverine right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to just, you know, I would want to make sure I, because you're next to Gary there. I want to make it got that very correct. And you've uh, got a $20,000 scholarship over four years. Congratulations to you. And then also with us is Rhea Singe. Pardon me is Lena Jabara, pardon me. I got the script right now. And you just graduated from Crestwood, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you are going to be attending Michigan State University. Yeah. Congratulations to you. you. Now, ladies, I want to ask you a question quickly uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here. How do you... We've mentioned this kind of dilemma that you, for instance, the two of you coming out of, of high school are excited about being involved in IT, et cetera. The reality for Ariel, and we, we've heard this uh, from uh, Rajni as well, is it's tough to hang on to that enthusiasm in what is generally a, a more male environment. Right, yeah. You definitely see lots of the girls and, you know, everyone. Lots of people drop out, and what's left is not a lot of girls in the classroom. And undergraduate is tough anyway for that. It's kind of right. where you, you <laughs> sift through people, I think, in some ways. One of the things that you said, Rusty, is that you were going to be in the process with MCWT of assigning a mentor to people like Ariel and Rhea and Lena. Yes, yes. And so we have, for the past winners, we already have the uh, mentors assigned. And the mentors, you know, do regular check-ins, wish them on birthdays when they are... uh, Even what we do is even provide them opportunities to intern at our companies because we are really starved for good talent. Mm. So we give them opportunities to intern in the summers. And then when they do well and, you know, they get to know the company and then many of them come back and join the organization. Mm. So it's a win-win for both sides. And Ariel, you're interning this summer, aren't you? Yep, I'm interning at Disher over in Zeeland, Michigan. Okay, and what will you be doing there? Um, I'm working in the electronics department. They're an engineering consulting firm, so people will come mm-hmm. to them with ideas of, I want to make this. Oh. And we'll kind of help make it happen. What a cool way to, what a great place to be doing internships. <laughs> okay, that's exciting. Now then, um, Rhea and Lena, what would you say to the young ladies who are listening right now who may be you know in high school or maybe are in fifth grade and are uh, you know interested in, in science and things like this what what can you say to them to help them stick with it what do you think Ria? um i just say keep you know keep taking math and science courses and you know, there may be a perception that it's just like you're going to be stuck in a cubicle all day but that's not what it is at all um, I did this summer program at Michigan, about, which is about engineering, mm-hmm. and we focused on like neuroprosthetics. Ooh. And so, yeah, it was really interesting. You can wow. use computer science to sort of like help disabled people or, or and, like um, disabled soldiers hug their family again. It's like, oh, it's wow. very um, versatile. You can apply it to almost oh, any yes. field. Yes. It's not you know, as technical as you might think. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a TED talk yesterday and they were talking about uh, new ways of using technology with pancreatic cancer, which has been fatal Mm -hmm. in just about every case, but of of delivering the medicine by using some incredible um, uh, technology. And that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Lena, how about you? What would you say to the young ladies at Crestwood? 
Well, again, I think if they were to try it, they would see that it's not really what a lot of people would think it is. It's not just heavy math and science, but there's also a lot of application of creativity and logical thinking and things that are fun. There are a lot of resources online, too, and that's how I got into it. I just hopped on, went on W3Schools, Codecademy.com, and there's a lot of things for them to learn and to dip their toes in it to see if they would like it. W3Schools, Codecademy.com. Tell me about that. Well, W3Schools is uh, Wayne. like a resource uh, website where okay. people can go online learn different things about web development. And Codecademy is... Um, there's different tutorials on how to do things in its practice, and it shows you everything that you're doing, gives you examples and different projects to work on. You are beautiful young ladies, all of you. Do you ever get you know, kind of uh, labeled as geeks? I don't know. <laughs> I think when you tell people, for me at least, when you're that you're in engineering, they're kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What is that? Oh? As in, oh? Or oh? Oh, are, are you really admiring. that? You're beautiful and smart? Wow. Exactly. <laughs> now that's intimidating. <laughs> so if you're looking for somebody dumb, that's not a good not a good line. How about it? Do you do you find yourself kind of you know? Um, put in a little box, Rhea, as being a geek or, you know... Hey, hey, that's not a bad term. Well, see? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really find that. Um, I think there's a lot of girls in my school that are going into computer science. So I don't know, maybe it's just my school, but I don't really find that... Okay, so there's a lot of interest And, and besides there. that, our governor's a nerd. That's true. The yeah. chief nerd, the nerd yeah, in charge. <laughs> We're almost out of time here. Roshni, I want to thank you very much for being here. I want to thank and salute MCWT, Michigan Council of Women and Technology, for the work that you've done and in providing the money to help these young people pursue their dreams and now also with the mentoring as well, helping them to stick with that because that seems to be so important. Thank you for having us here and thanks for doing your part in spreading, helping spread this message so that we can reach to a larger audience uh, because, you know, sometimes you are limited and the radio medium is such an awesome way to reach out to so many thousands. We're delighted to be able to do it. By the way, you can go to mcwt.org, mcwt.org, and then you can find out about other events that are coming up. There are many, many things that you do throughout the year besides a scholarship approach. You have some camps that I believe you yes, do? Yes. In summer, we have a lot of free camps, which is uh, you know supported by many of the organizations. And then we have a, a gala, which is an, uh, an auction uh, uh, where we do a lot of fundraising mm. so that we can support future scholarships. So we encourage everybody to apply and to take full advantage of what the organization offers. Well, thank you very much, Ariel Magyar, Rhea Singh, and also Lena Jabara. Thank you, ladies. Congratulations to you. Yes, we have a little applause in there in the applause machine. Thank you. <laughs> and now for the rest of you folks, it's your turn. This next hour is when you get to call us with your questions at 800-859-0957. You may have gotten a computer that's got you some problems. Maybe suddenly you updated to Windows 10 and now what do you do? <laughs> if you got some questions, we got some answers. Cal Carson, Ed Rudell. Gary Baker, myself, Foster Brown, will be here in the second hour to answer your questions. And that number again is 800-859-0957. After the news, we're back for you. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan.
If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, and we are standing by, ready to answer your questions on this Memorial Day weekend. Hey, it's a good one for you to give a call. Phone lines are open, 800-859-0957. Tim will be with you shortly out there in Dundee, and for the rest of you, again, the number is 800-859-0957. We're standing by to answer your questions in this, your second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. And uh, just kind of quickly for those of you who may be driving by on this holiday weekend and say, what in the world is this? Every Saturday from four until six during the spring and summer, we get a chance to be here with you. And uh, for instance, like in the first hour, introduce you to some interesting people like those bright young ladies who won scholarships through the Michigan Council of Women in Technology. And now in this hour, our second hour is always a time we open the door and our phone here at 800-859-0957 to answer your questions about computers. And we have in studio Mr. Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson all set to answer questions. Guys, should we uh, let her rip? Let's do it. There's Tim and Fred on the phone. All right, let's go. Tim from Dundee, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you, sir? Well, well, thank you very much. Nice to be back with you guys with this week's computer problem of mine. <laughs> the computer problem uh, of this, this, Okay. Yeah, this goes back to my uh, early 2008 MacBook Pro that I recently put that uh, solid-state hard drive in and loved so much. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I burned, I burned a CD after making a recording... Uh, and then uh, I let it sit around for a while to where the screen went black like it normally does. When I tried to bring the screen back up, it wouldn't come. It stayed black. So I tried to reboot it. That didn't work. I took the battery out, held the power button down for about 10 seconds, put the battery back in, tried to boot it up. That didn't work. Hmm. Then I did the command options plus the P plus the R button, tried to start it that way with the, with the power button. That didn't work. So there's no what? display at all at any of these points. It is. It is just a black display. There is nothing. Oh boy. Now it makes a little noise, but you know when the screen comes up, normally there's that music tone that it makes. Mm-hmm. I don't get that, but I hear when I turn on the power, I hear the little beep and I hear some whirring, which must be the uh, DVD drive because it couldn't be the solid state hard drive. So, but I or the fans, I guess maybe, but. Yeah. That's all it does, and it doesn't go any further than that. Okay. Does your keyboard light up? No. Okay. Well, you're in good shape then. Uh, what I would probably suggest, the only other thing that you can try and do, since you're, you, know, you were creative enough to get in and put in a SSD drive, why don't you open it back up again, you know, make sure you're in a static-free area, and pull your memory out and reseed it into the computer, and then close Already it back up Already did that again. too. Then the only other thing I could suggest at this point is you need to take it into an Apple store and have them take a look at it. What about Cal, if he has two memory sims in there? Yeah. I ran into this with my son's Mac I was working on. I know. I'm sorry, listening audience. I was actually working on a Mac. But I had to clear the PRAM, the PRAM, and it wouldn't let me do it on his older Mac until I removed four gig out of it. 
And then once it had actually recognized that the memory changed from eight gig to four gig, I was actually able to remove the, 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 if you will, the boot up password that was prohibiting him from getting into it that somehow mysteriously got enabled when I tried doing a over the air install the OS. It was the most bizarre thing, but changing the, pulling one of the memory sims out and then doing the pram that you've taught me corrected the issue. Is that the now root? doing the pram is the PR plus command plus option all at once when you start up? Correct. And you hold the, the option and the command, the R and the P keys down, hit the power key and continue to hold those keys down until it chimes three times. Oh, I didn't know about the chimes three times, but I held it down for like a long, 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 long time and okay. nothing ever happened. All right. Uh, is that the original memory that came with the MacBook that's in there or did you? Uh, it's the original that came with it when I got it. There's four gig of RAM. I'm assuming it was what was with. I, I did not buy it new. Okay. Um, and you and you and you're sure you're getting power to it from the AC adapter. Oh, because, yeah, because it's making the noise. I hear the fan start. I hear a little whirring. I hear a little dink, you know, a little bell, a little, just a tiny little chime, but not the, you know, not the noise it makes when the display comes up. So I know that it's getting power. If you've got the opportunity to be able to take it into an Apple store, just take it in there. They won't charge you for, for taking a look at it and trying to diagnose what the problem is. As a matter of fact, they'll probably diagnose the problem right there at the Genius Bar for you. Oh really? Now is there is there a Genius Bar in the uh, Ann Arbor area, or do I got to go up to uh, every Apple uh, every Apple store that you go to will have a Genius Bar to it? And then, uh, and but where then, are the uh, Apple stores? Is it, I guess is what I'm asking. I only to, know the one that's up in that really nice mall. If you go to Briarwood Mall, you'll find Apple Store right there. And what you should do is call ahead. So go online and make a reservation yeah. because uh, they're pretty busy usually and uh, that way they make sure that they take you so that was genius bar or guinness bar <laughs> well you go to the genius bar first and then you and go, then go to the they give you really bad news, it is the weekend then you go to the genius bar. <laughs> well after everything failed that i tried i actually went to the guinness bar that didn't help either so <laughs> yeah but it made it feel you made it made you feel better about it right i was a lot more at ease about the problem and then i went out and bought a I bought a PC laptop because I needed to have it for work, so I'm now using a PC. Oh, my. <laughs> take it by but I still want to get all the data, which reminds yeah. me, can I? Can that, uh, can that solid-state drive be – can I use that as like a, a drive or an external drive external for my drive? Uh, for my PCs? You sure could. You could sure. take it and, like Ed would normally do on, an, on a lot of basis and put it onto a, an a, a, a enclosure mm -hmm. that will take that and you can just plug it in via USB port. Okay. Yeah, I got the enclosure when I got the uh, when I bought okay. the solid state drive. There you go. So I can just use that as an external drive. Absolutely, Tim. Hey, thanks for calling, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry we can't help you with this particular problem, but uh, enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. Take care. All right, coming back in just a minute, we're talking with Fred from Sterling Heights, and we're waiting for your call at 800-859-0957. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. That's a great existential question that Ed just posed. Mike, <laughs> Mike Brennan, uh, our MI Tech News uh, fellow, he's editor, is in France right now. Uh, matter of fact, visiting his daughter who lives in Paris. Uh, and he is also there uh, to commemorate Memorial Day on the beaches of Norm Normandy. Uh, he's going to go down there with his daughter and uh, remember the men who gave their lives uh, in that incredible battle of D-Day. 
And uh, as a matter of fact, just want to take a moment to salute those who serve now our country in the armed forces and who have served over the season, have given the ultimate sacrifice of their lives. We want to honor them today. And remember that it's uh, about more than barbecues, folks. It's about remembering the sacrifice that people have made that we might have our freedom. Thank you, guys. All right, mm-hmm. let's go back to our phones again. The number is 800-859-0957. Ed's existential question was, if he's in France, can he get a good beer? Now, that is a deep question. Fred, <laughs> Fred, welcome to the Internet Advisor. <laughs> hi, Fred. Yeah, hi there. How are you guys doing? We're doing, we're doing fine. What can we do for you? Well, uh, my wife sent me an Excel file off of a Windows 7 machine yep. to edit. Mm-hmm. And I'm using Windows 10, and when I sent it back to her, uh, I or she received an MS Office file validation warning that it was a file format attack. A file format what attack? attack. Yes, and from what I can find out, it's something that MS uh, Microsoft downloaded an Office file validation add-in. Oh. Now, it would have had to done this from your computer, right? After she sent you the original file, the Excel spreadsheet, you edited it or modified it, saved it, and when you sent it back, her computer is is complaining of validation? Right. And when she sends it back to me again, I get the message. Oh, then you get validation. So is yeah. it uh, you're using different versions of, um, Office. of Office of Word, right? Or this is Excel. Uh, or Excel. Well, no, we're using the same as 2007, Microsoft oh. Excel. Okay. So you both have Microsoft Excel 2007 on a Windows right. 7 machine and a Windows 10, and you're getting this obscure error message. Is it a security uh, kind of a uh, a warning, do you think? It sounds like is the, the message is coming from Microsoft. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, from the Excel, it's not your antivirus software that's doing it, or your email. It is only when you open it from Excel. I'm not familiar with this. Um, okay. Can can you, uh, even though you get that pop-up, can you still open it? Can she still open the file? We can still open it. We get two options, open or cancel. And they recommend cancel, of course, uh. unless you know... That it's coming from within your organization and not a third party? Okay, okay, okay. This sounds like hyper-security to me. Well, I mean, it sounds like that there's a feature that's been enabled in Excel that is enabling data restriction on the Excel spreadsheet. Somehow it became enabled. Have you Mm. searched for a way within Microsoft Office, because I don't think I'll have time over the error interactively when I'm interacting with you. Have you searched to see if there's a way that you could turn off data validation in your in your Excel spreadsheet? Okay, what they said was I could go back to restore to a point before it happened, mm-hmm. and at that point I could find the update that it came on and hit and hide it. Oh. But whenever whenever Microsoft sends an update, I'd have to do the same thing if they use a different code number. Mm-hmm. So so it, it's not prohibiting you from getting into right. the spreadsheet. Right. No. Okay. No. Uh, just out of curiosity, have you tried saving it as a different, I mean, 
I'm not sure what type of data this is, if this is just your home financing or, or whatever, um, or if this is work-related, but have you tried saving it as a lower version of an Excel spreadsheet? I mean, I'm not sure if you have, if you have charts in there and pie graphs. Or no, 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 no. It's it, what we're doing. We're, we're doing a little itinerary for a 50th anniversary. Yeah, so oh. you're just using Excel as a means because of the spreadsheet yeah. or the, the cells mm -hmm. and an itinerary. Right. Oh, okay. You might want to do that in Microsoft Word and create a table instead. I mean, Excel, it's nice, and you format yeah. the cells, but you do have the ability in Microsoft Word to be able to create an itinerary and and create uh, insert cells, and you put the number of columns and widths. I, and, I wouldn't be surprised, though, Ed, if he yeah. came up with the same kind of warning because he's going between Windows 10 and Windows 7. Right, Fred? Yeah, I think it's going to happen no matter what yeah, I'm working on. I think on. so, Oh, really? Too. I think it's like an extra security measure that's been introduced. It's and not a license down, issue? I'm no, I don't think so. It, okay. I don't th I'm no. assuming it came down as a Windows 10 download. Yeah, I, and, and the other thing that you just mentioned in, in your previous comments was that it told you you could go back to System Restore and then look for an update that had that particular security See, feature in it. He didn't say System Restore. He said go back to a previous version of the, of the spreadsheet. Oh. No, 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 no. Go back to Restore on the computer. Oh, system really? Restore, yeah. See, I think yeah. what it's saying is you can go back to System Restore, and then it'll go back beyond that particular update. Then when you find that update, just hide it. Just say, that's I don't, I don't want that particular one. Oh, that's interesting. Another thing you can do, you can go into Programs and Features on Windows 10, and um, you can... You're the, once you, you go in there, you can do your View Your Updates. Once mm. you view your updates, you can sort by date... And then you could view your your updates by the date installed, and then if you can probably, I don't know, find that particular. Yeah, I don't think he's going to run into that problem if he makes it a Word document mm -hmm. or find some other program. Okay. Try that, uh, Fred. They're they're talking Word. They're talking. Uh, oh. uh, Oh, uh, what's the one for presentations? See, this doesn't make sense. Oh, PowerPoint. PowerPoint. This doesn't make sense because this the, uh, exchanging of, of data files between people in a corporation and between corporations, I'm surprised I haven't heard this. I mean, people are emailing yeah. Yeah. documents That's all true. over the ta time. Yeah. And, and Usually it's just when you went to go save it, it would say, you know, hey, we're upgrading to the latest version, right? That's yeah. about the most you get. I, I've not seen this either, Ed. Right. So I'm, there I'm, doesn't seem to be an issue if we just say open. It opens and everything's fine. See, that's just it. See, it opens. I, it, to me, it's just like a flag that they've decided to put in there. Okay. Yeah. That's all. I I just, like a security flag. So it's yeah, like, yeah, hey. That's exactly it. Okay. So I, but it's strange. I, that I cover your Microsoft assets type of thing, <laughs> so yeah. no one points the finger at Microsoft as a, as a, as a, as the problem. And Microsoft saying, you know, we got to warn people that this is coming from Could email. Very well be. And, you know, it's like the warning at McDonald's: coffee is hot. Yeah. You know. This oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sort of sense. And um, yeah, when I searched, it said it's not a real issue if you're if you're getting it from a safe source. That's exactly okay. it. So you know the source that it's coming from. So they're 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 asking you to be extra careful. Where did this come from? If you know the source it came from, and it's your wife, um, then and <laughs> not, your relationships and she's are not good. mad at you. Or <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. that's right. Don't you? We're, we're okay. <laughs> good, good, good. We're okay. <laughs> All right, Fred. Thank you for calling. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Take Bye. care. I wonder if it isn't part of this kind of a hypersecurity that Microsoft is doing. Is it like McDonald's that says, you know, warning on the cup, coffee is hot? Right, right. Well, what do you expect, knucklehead? It would seem that that would have shown up a long time ago, though. That's yeah. 2007 he's using. They're up to, what, 2013 now? 
Uh, no, two, well, uh, don't we have 2016 Office on, on our Macs? On Windows, it's 213. On Macs, it's 216. It's 216. Because so Microsoft can't count. <laughs> And I don't know what difference there is in having 216 versus 213. Hey, the number, folks, is 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. As I said before, by the way, don't wait to the end of the program to give us a call. Uh, We've got lines open right now. Joanne, we'll be getting to you from Concord, Ohio, in just a little bit after our break at the bottom of the hour. But we want to remind people that the phone lines are open again to them at 800 859-0957. Call early and call often. (laughs) There you go. And uh, just a reminder for you that on Sunday nights, I edit all of these programs together, and you'll get a nice, neat little podcast that you can listen to at your leisure throughout this holiday weekend. And we hope that you are enjoying this in the company of family on this Memorial Day weekend, and that you're taking time to remember and be thankful to and for the people who have served our country. We'll be back in just a moment to take your phone call at 800-859-0957. By the way, uh, a little uh, preview for you. Next week, Rick Broida, the gadget guy, and the ultimate cheapskate is going to be our favorite uh, guest in studio. He'll be our co-host for our first hour of the program. That's coming up this next Saturday on the Internet Advisor. Right now, let's get back to our callers and Joanne from Concord, Ohio. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you on this Memorial Day weekend? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. First of all, I'll second the motion to um, remember those that we honor on Memorial Day. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I have an iMac computer, mm-hmm. and I've pretty much um, self-taught on everything, which means there's still an awful lot I don't know. And lately I ran into an issue when I was trying to empty my, um, my trash can, and I like to use the empty securely feature. Mm-hmm. And it starts and then it stops, and it tells me this operation can't be completed because you don't have permission to access some of the items. And I'm stuck with that. And it kind of um, led me to my follow-up question, which is, I wonder what I should be doing maintenance-wise with this machine. You know, I, you know, I, I know how Windows, you would defrag and, you know, clean the disks and all that, but I'm not really sure what I should be doing with this machine. Well, how old is your iMac? It's about two years old now. Okay, so you don't have to do any defragging or anything like that because the Unix operating system, which is the underpinnings of the Mac OS operating system, mm-hmm. does all that constantly on its own, so you don't have to worry about ever doing that particular function. I understand uh, that. What you, uh, the, the issue with the being able to empty things out of the trash can, the first thing you might want to do is you may want to go into system preferences on your computer. Okay. And then go where it says users and groups. Okay. And then in there, see if your ID is has administrator privileges. And oh, we'll would it maybe if I changed my Apple ID password, would that maybe have? No, that has no bearing no? at all on okay. it. This is just on the computer itself. Okay, because it seems like I used to be able to perform this function, and then all of a sudden... I started getting this pop-up window that would stop me. It's a possibility that your 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 privilege your admin privileges uh, have fallen off, okay. and you can go and put them back on there for yourself. Okay. So if you go check and make sure that underneath your name, where it says current user, uh, if it says admin, then you've got full rights to everything on the computer. If it says standard, then that means you can't do certain things. But if you change it so that you're an admin, 
then you'll be able to do anything, including empty things in the trash that okay. may be locked uh, from you. Now, what, what about like a disk um, scan, checking the integrity of the disk drive? Well, she could go into uh, uh, in utility. that same uh, preferences. She can go. Uh, she can go into disk utility uh, okay. under I, go yeah, to applications. I've been there a few utility. times. I don't know that I know what I'm doing there, but if you don't know what you're doing, just leave it to heaven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but, but I've been there to never stopped me. anyway. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you if you're careful in there, you can't really hurt anything. Yeah. You can go into disk utilities. Which is uh, uh, you go into utilities and then uh, go into applications, utilities, then disk utility, and then you can click on your hard drive, and up at the top they have something called first aid, yep. and you can click on that and run that, and it will go through and check for files and tell you if there's anything that needs to be repaired. You can click the repair button, it'll go and do the repairs for you. But okay. for the most part, you don't have to do much of anything because the Unix operating system takes care of that. So well, it, it, I have noticed, and if I could ask you this, because it's, it's kind of a secondary issue, I, I have to run Windows on this computer. So I have Windows 7 installed, and I, I run it through uh, the Parallels program. Okay. Oh, Parallels, okay, instead of Boot Camp. Right. And it seemed like initially, when I first had the computer, it ran pretty smooth, but... Lately, it seems like if I have multiple programs on, you know, um, running at the same time, and I really only use Windows for one or two programs that I'm stuck, that I have no other option with, but I do all of my word processing, you know, anything else, my mm -hmm. photos, all the work that I do, I do it on the Mac side. I, don't even, I never go on the Internet on the, on the Windows side. Okay. But it seems like when I have Windows open now and I've got maybe you know, four programs open on the Mac side, that it's running much slower. Um, like my photo program, uh, especially, it'll even, it'll even crash sometimes, where, mm. or I'm trying to insert a photo into a Word document, and I use the, the Word, um, the, 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 you know, the Mac version, I have the 2011, and that program will crash. Well, a couple of things could be going on. One of them could be the fact that uh, you may need increased amount of memory to be able to manipulate right. all those programs at the same time, which I suspect is the first thing that I would look at. How much memory do you have on the computer? On the, on the Mac side? Yes. No, I, I just period. How much? Uh, well, I have, I have 8 gigabytes, and I have, okay. like, mega free space left. I, I have, well, the mega like, free, almost nothing. The mega free space that you have left on is on the disk. You know, that's fine. The 8 gig of memory that you have is not enough for you to be able to uh, effectively run the Mac operating system, mm. a couple of applications, and I was also afraid of that because I'm stuck with that. You can't upgrade the memory on, on uh, it's my, not on the 21, and I have the 21 and a half inch. Are you sure? That's my understanding. Yeah, it's about a, I actually watched a YouTube video on this. It is about a one hour process of opening, cracking that thing opening and upgrading the memory on those. You know, uh, my understanding was it had to be done at the time of purchase if you were going to upgrade this particular machine at all. You know, you may be right about mm. that. That particular mm. one was that sort of thing. But what you can do, are you anywhere near an Apple store? Uh-huh, yeah. Why don't you take it by there and okay. have them check it out and see whether or not there is a memory option available to you and what it would cost to get it done. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing, Cal, you mentioned, because she's running Parallels. Is, does Parallels work dynamically with memory access, or does she allocate a certain percentage oh, that's a within point. Parallels yes. dedicated to Windows and the Mac? I mean, is there an adjustment there? Mm -hmm. There's an adjustment that she can do. Okay. Yeah, I did have to do an adjustment on the Windows side so that I could um, 
so that that would operate more efficiently. Yeah, but what happens in this particular case is that she's been also upgrading her operating system on the Mac side, which requires a little more memory and that sort of thing. And then when she starts to run multiple applications and has a a virtual machine running at the same time, that's a lot of taxing on the memory, and it's going to be all fragmented up. Who would ever think that, you know, we would ever use more than 256K of memory? Right? Well, you know, yeah, and that's it's really Bill interesting Gates because said that. I, don't ex- I don't expect you to remember, but I had called several times before I jumped from the Windows world into the, into the Mac world, and I, I'm, I'm really glad I did. I mean, I really enjoy using, you know, the machine. But I did a lot of research and talked to people from Apple a couple times, you know, trying to really determine if this was going to be enough as per the way I normally worked, and I've been a little bit afraid from the very beginning that it that that I probably should have gone overboard rather than slightly underboard. That yeah, what, what you're saying, Cal, you can no, never be. You know, there's four <laughs> things that are, that are absolutely true. You can't have too big of a hard drive. You can't have too much memory. You can't have too big of a screen, and you can't have too fast of a processor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if worse comes to worse, I just give this one to my husband, and I buy a whole brand new one for myself. No, now you're talking. Ooh, that's the way to take care of that. And when you when you go in there, buy as much as you can possibly afford. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Exactly. And and I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you. I've called several times, and like I said, you might even recognize my voice. But it's been a long time. Uh huh. Um, I haven't talked to anybody there for a long time. And we're uh, we're glad to be able to chime in and help you every now and then. Joanne, have a great weekend. Thank you. Same to you, gentlemen. All right. Thank you for calling. That is neat uh, to be able to build that kind of relationship, and we really treasure that. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Clark in Pontiac. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Clark, how can we help you? Yes, good evening. Good evening. Like your your previous caller, I'm also a Mac user, but I wonder if you guys can shed some light on what I think of as an industry-wide problem. Okay. That is, in particular, in the what I will call the old days, you could tell at a glance the difference between letter O and the numeral zero because the numeral zero had a slash line through it. That's right. Seems the whole industry has ignored that, and I just can't imagine the number of hours that are wasted Uh by not just me, who uh, very often can't discern that difference very readily. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Clark, because I, I have faced the same thing uh, with, the, with the, as you said, with the number zero and the number one as well. And, and the, the number L. seven. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the zero and the, and the O because the O is more rounded and the zero is more tall. Sometimes you will find... <laughs> you will find as you get older, even though you have the gray hair, but as you get a little bit older, that the eyes are not quite as uh, finely tuned as they were at one time. It's tough. It's tough times making the distinction between the, the roundness of the O and the zero. Yeah, I mean, I've run into that. I remember in the uh, days in the 80s when I would print stuff out and, and I'd make myself cheat seats that I could carry around with all these commands and little fixes and uh-huh. in, in, in Windows 3.1, how to load the windsock, right? You know, right. And, and I, I printed them on four-point font because I could fit them uh, more information on a sheet. <laughs> and so this one guy asked me, and he was at my age at that time, and I handed it to him, and he goes, what is this? <laughs> he said, how can you read this? And and it was my first exposure to working with a, and I was 21, and okay. he was 52, yep. and, and, and I got a lesson very early in life about the what happens when you get older, and, yeah. and became very conscious of 
of you know you got a whole generation that is you know yep. that that is making technical directions completely ignoring the the older you know generation well i think it just makes common sense to me to to, to put the slash through the or dot the zero or, or something that identifies it. the same thing like i've ever since living in latin america for a period of time i make my sevens with the slash through them yes so that you can distinguish them from ones because some people write their ones with a very you know big top to them and i just think that's common sense and but we're not writing them we're typing them <laughs> That's well, true. It, it, and the way I, I the way I normally do is I just you know if I look on the screen it looks a little weird then I just pull up you know Word or something like that type a zero type a one and uh, type a zero type an O look at the two oh okay it's got to be an O. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the this underlying the... question is if yep. there's a substantial agreement that this makes very little sense, a industry does. Well, I, you know, I think it may be having the impact of the international community on it uh, will have an impact on that. Uh, well, it'd be interesting to see if there's a, I don't know if there's kind of like an international convention for something like that, but it would be interesting to check in and see if it is. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, Joe from Livonia will be with you in just a moment, and there's room for one more question from you. I'd like to take a moment to thank the folks behind the glass, as we say. Eric, thank you very much for being our engineer, Eric Dorch. And also Logan Stantifer, my granddaughter, who has been our screener and who starts a brand new job on uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, she's excited. Coming out of the Spectrum wow, Howard School of Broadcast Arts. And media. And, and media. Thank you for including that in there. <laughs> my old alma mater, they would have to... <laughs> she's got a job coming up, so we're delighted that she is. Uh, she's got that. It's and really amazing how things improve with the gene pool over generations. <laughs> <laughs> we are certainly hoping that. We are certainly hoping that. <laughs> Actually, being a stepfather, I wasn't allowed to swim in the gene pool at all. <laughs> For just, very good reason. Just stand on the banks and, and That's look exactly the, okay. it. And occasionally throw a life ring in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the number again, 800-859-0957. I got to tell a little story about this weekend. Ed, this last week, um, took my granddaughter Christina's Avio computer, and the hinge had broken on that. It was a Toshiba, not a Avio. Oh, a Toshiba, pardon me. In the same way as it had broken for your son. And who had a Avio. That's where the confusion was. Uh, that's it. And... Uh, what happened was that you fixed that hinge, and it's now you know working wonderfully. Um, but what happened was it, my my granddaughter Christina is a twin, yep. and so I got the the computer, the laptop back to Christina, handed it to her. The next day, I was over at the house visiting, and lo and behold, as I walked in the door, her twin Alicia has got her computer, which was the same one, a Toshiba, right? Yep. And it was running through the Windows 10 upgrade. No. <laughs> And so I said, what is this twinsy rule here? And But apparently what happened was they both got them given to them as gifts about the same time, Ed, so that the upgrade was, you said, as you were working on Christina's, yes. you saw that it was due to upgrade the next day. Uh, yep. And uh, and I didn't even think that her twin had the identical unit. and sh So they must have both got the same updates from Microsoft the same day. The same day. Oh, my gosh. My wife's computer 
actually went to Windows 10 and she was so, she was beside herself, so upset. She goes, I kept on saying no. I told them no. And she's talking about Microsoft. I did a little research on this. And what most, what my wife did after I talked to her is she was clicking the X at the top right hand corner Uh of that dialogue box. You must either schedule it or don't bother me again. You know, you must go through the dialogue box and not hit the X. And that's where a lot of our listeners were saying, you know, you know, about the uh, inadvertent Windows 10 mm-hmm. update. The other strange thing that happened, uh, my wife is coming around to Windows 10. That's the good news. Good. But after the Windows 10 update, we received, our printer went nuts. It started <laughs> printing print jobs from a year, two years ago. Oh, my word. And these, these, these jobs were from other user accounts that were on the computer, and the jobs printed two years ago. It was the strangest thing. Went Very through funny. a lot of paper, and what's worse, went through a lot of ink until my wife caught yeah, it. Yeah, the worst is the ink. Uh, yeah. But it was a strange thing. Yeah. You know, where I, I think, and Gary, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but we've talked about this before in the air. I think the problem with people finding their computers going to Windows 10 is not that it's um, bad or that there are problems with it. Matter of fact, there are less problems in some cases. Yep. That's right. It's a it's better cases. operating system. A better operating Wait, system, period. There's, yeah, there's but no the, question. The bottom line is that they did it to them. Right. Yes. And they didn't, in other words, you did it without my permission. And that is what is upsetting. It's a control people. thing. My wife, yep. I said, I asked her, is this a control thing? And she goes, I told them no, and they did it anyways. I am yep. so upset. Yep. Rugged individualism. That's what America stands for. <laughs> well, we want what we want when we want it. Yeah. Two, and two, not ad- before. Two additional things. The the one laptop um, that, um, which was the Toshiba. Mm-hmm. I tried mm-hmm. updating it. It refuses to update. I keep on getting these Windows errors. A lot of our callers were calling about these unusual problems. Mm-hmm. And there are unusual problems that you get with some manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And um, and the other, what was the other problem I had with Windows? There, Anyways, so I've had several fail uh, Windows 10. So our listeners aren't crazy. It is real. Yep. And not all computers. The other thing is that Sony Vios, Sony will only... Um, allow Windows to support computers that have been upgraded to Windows 10 that ship with Windows 8. If you have a Sony Vio that ship with Windows 7, because the company is in, is being held by a financial organization, they're uh, not obliged to create new the drivers necessary to get it working. Ouch. So that'll probably fail. And those are probably pretty expensive. If I remember correctly, those Sonys were pretty expensive. They were. Laptops. So if you came with a Sony Ouch. with Windows 7, and, and my daughter has one. And it's, I, it's I, not going to upgrade properly. Oh. Hey, let's see if we can pick up JR from Dearborn. JR, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Good. How can we do? What can we do for you here? Hey, got a quick question regarding Excel mm-hmm. as it relates to a barcode. I have a, uh, a regular barcode scanner. Yeah. And it's probably saw a simple setting. And you know, I scans your data, hey, right into the cell there. Mm-hmm. Where, where do I go to have it where once I scan that data in, it automatically goes down to the next cell? Well, that I would think. Now, a guy at work uses this. He does. Uh, he opens up a spreadsheet, and he has the scanner, and it does a serial uh, thing. But sometimes it's mm-hmm. usually with the software that you receive, whether or not to actually put a, uh, an enter or a carriage return. I was going to say, Cal, you have something? You know, that is something that's fascinated me for a long time, so maybe you can answer this. When you put in a number in Excel... Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll go to the right to the next cell. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll go down to the next cell. How do you control that? Well, it depends I think that's what he's trying to do. Is well, that correct? There you go. It there depends. you go. Because what I want to do is I want to scan it and have it go right down to the next cell so I can just scan the next one in there. What I'm doing right now is 
I'm manually just hitting the down key to get it to go right down. Oh, itself, I gotcha. all I'm saying. Gotcha. You might. Uh, do you have a specific driver software that came with the scanning gun? You, you know what? At these scanners now, when you plug it in, it, it automatically works. pops it right in there. There you go. Yeah, because I'm thinking back, in, and I'm thinking a long time ago in the 90s when we were doing this, sometimes they were customizable because mm-hmm. we would do this on the GM assembly lines mm-hmm. for for uh, quality control. We'd scan the the the, the parts before right. they were put on the car and and even right. for inventory purposes they were configurable so when you scan it either put a carriage return or a tab but it was mm-hmm. dependent on the okay. software but that's 20 years ago yeah. i don't know what's yeah. what they do now jr okay. have you have you looked in the help menu for um for mm. excel i'm no i it, it came with a little brief document i didn't see it there you know what there's a toll-free number maybe i can give them a quick call yeah i would check um, the uh but, I'd check help plus, so there's nothing in Excel. No, I check that help. That. I check help in Excel. I, I can't do it quickly okay. enough. But that's gotcha. what I think you can set that. And I just don't know okay. where. I looked in some of the ribbons where I thought it might be, mm-hmm. and I don't see where you set it. But I believe you can set that as one of the options. So, and I just so don't I do know the help. where. But so I would go into okay. Excel and look at the help mm-hmm. menu. There is a I YouTube did. video out there on how to control the direction of the active cell. Oh, so, there it is. So look for a YouTube video called Excel Tips 25. Excel Tips 25. Yeah, go to YouTube okay. and then type mm-hmm. in Excel Tips 25, and it says okay. change the direction of the active cell. Okay. So gotcha. that means, okay. you know, it'll either go to the right, as Cal was saying, or down. Excellent. JR, have a great weekend. Okay, you just say Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Good uh, job, We Cal. got one more caller here. Joe from Livonia. How you doing, Joe? You Hi, something? guys. Thanks for the, uh, taking the call. Sure. Uh, I got a couple of hints from the lady that was having the problem with the iMac. Yes. Okay. Um, number one, if she opens up the activity monitor, um, that'll show her where she's using all of the you know data and all the memory. Also tell her kind of you know some other details that might help her figure out why she's having a problem. Right, right. And then there's also something called memory cleaner. Which you can get on the App Store. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Memory that. Clean. Memory Clean, I had that. Yep. And they're doing an update on it right now, oh. uh, but they've done a minor updates from 6.1 to 6.2, and that will allow her to dump a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, that will therefore give her a little bit more extra make RAM. It, make it much more efficient. Joe, thanks for getting those tips in here just under the wire. I appreciate you helping us, and have a great weekend. Guys, i got a question if you can put me on hold. I will put you on hold, and we'll get you after we get off the air here. Folks, thanks so much. Gary, Ed, Cal, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You nice too, Foster. Weekend. Eric, thank you, and Logan as well, behind the glass, for helping us. And for the rest of you folks out there, have a safe Memorial Day weekend. And do take some time with your family just to thank God for those who serve our country now and our armed forces and who have served over these years. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.